Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. Oh, and I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, gone underground, disguised our voices in order to provide you our candid views each week on a handful we of stocks. We did all that? Out of Value Line's Every week? investment survey. Wow. Uh, our bosses would never allow these candid comments, so we disguise our voices so they'll never know. This week we're looking at the June, what, 13th? 2009. I thought we weren't going to talk about what Well, you're was. not, but I continue to. Uh, June 12th. 12th, 2009 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. Uh, and before we get to all that, I just want to, uh, what do I want to do? Caveats. Well, caveats, right. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and uh, that should be clear. Easy it's, to forget it's that, after isn't work. It? It's after hours. This is the same professional advice we give during the week, except here it's after hours and all that entails, particularly this week. Um, and then what else? We may not have every uh, piece of information necessary to actually be making these professional judgments. In fact, we may not know anything about what we're talking about, uh, although sometimes we do and, you know, what have you. Uh, and finally, what? We may have conflicts of interest of some sort. Oh, due sure. To lucrative arrangements with the managements of these firms. And, of course, we just are told to say all this by our lawyers. I'm going to be back at the back half of the show to talk about, and I do every week, three terrific value ideas. Uh, Lubrizol, which I think is an annuity. Sherwin-Williams, which is a well-run retailer. I thought you were going to talk about Sherwin-Williams first. And then I'm just, right now, I'm well, not see going how that in goes. page number order. I'm going in backwards page number. And finally, Alpha natural resources. But first, with a modest amount of ado, burn value. Burn. Well, oh, thank you. Um, did you say modest? Modest, yes. Okay. I'll try to burn a little bit. Well, the snacks time. were not as, as nice this Wholesome week. Wholesome as usual. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the cabin's early in its season. Um, we'll probably have more later. I'm a little, I mean, I like being out here, but you remind me, what did you bring? The snack portfolio. Oh. I, I brought uh, all the equipment that puts the show on the air. No, did I? No, I actually didn't. Oh. I'm sorry. Most. Actually, Some. no, I did. I don't know. Oh, most of it. I'm very sleepy this week, Bern. I this want to warn the uh, listeners. This week's value line is there. Uh, I mean, talk about commodity price sensitive. Integrated petroleum, Canadian energy, diversified natural gas, natural gas utility, oil and gas distribution, and then two businesses where pricing and profitability are hugely dependent on oil and gas prices, the coal industry and the specialty chemical industry. The only thing here that's really different than that is wireless networking. So this is one of those. There's like four of these rotations every year that give me particular really? trouble in finding something new and different, interesting hmm. to say. I pay so little attention. Um, you know, Value Line notes uh, consolidation is broken out in oil and gas, Petro-Canada and Suncor, Afro, uh, Alpha Natural Resources and Foundation Coal. I guess you're going to talk about Alpha. I am. Um, what else do oh, they yeah. have here? RIM, because they have wireless networking. Not going you to talk so about serious that. today, Vern. Uh, I'm just trying what? to, you know, it's a, I, I just, it's hard to find something interesting. So, okay, uh, but because of our superior nose for value, I don't claim we've that. We found what? six. That's quality. Vern talking. 
I oh, have you no say idea. it every week. No, I do not. Three high-quality value ideas. That's my own personal opinion. I just want to be clear. Oh, of course. I, there's no... Uh, Plus, I'm joking. People know that. Come on. Entertainment purposes only. Uh, the first talk I'm going to talk about is something called Sermotics. Now, the market this week was kind of sideways, I guess. I was at Disneyland. As, the news uh, got a little better. My Facebook friends know. And so uh, I paid very little attention. To what but, was actually going on. I mean, the, we're not in an abyss. It was a bit quiet. That's what I really, week. the most important thing I learned in the last few months is we're not in an abyss. Well, and all the numbers continue to go up, even if it's by tiny increments. The yeah, consumer it's, confidence it's be number normal. today it's normal. went from like 66.9 to 67 or something like that. But, Economy um, working. So, well, everything terrible, but not getting worse. Or mostly it's a true. it's a garden variety serious recession. Well, the one saving, um, the one good thing about this week's issue in uh, Value Line is that uh, in the specialty chemical industry, you actually find a lot of very interesting businesses <laughs> because that category attracts, you know, businesses that you can't really and they're not basic chemicals and they're hard to categorize otherwise. So I've got a company here that actually is a specialty chemical. They make a they make compounds. But it's all for uh, um, stents, uh, arterial stents, that, like those made by uh, Boston Scientific and Johnson Johnson, et cetera. Or Medtronic. Or Medtronic. I'm sorry. I don't mean yeah. to leave anybody out. I like them. The symbol here is SRDX, okay, recently trading around $19, a little bit higher than that. Stock in the 50s, the two prior years. There's probably in – the funny thing is about the business description, never do you see the word stent, um, but they uh, – What they, makes you so sure they make a stent then? Well, they make stuff for uh, – uh, they make uh, they make light-activated – what is this? A versatile, easily applied light-activated coating technology that modifies medical device surfaces by creating chemical bonds – between those surfaces and a variety of chemical agents. So very, very generic description. But in the write-up about it, they talk about the fact that they're in the stent business. They also generate revenue uh, by doing R&D, and there's been a, some pressure on that source of revenue. So I really think we're talking about a supplier to the stent industry. To an extent, it's uh, outsourcing, particularly some of the R&D probably. Um, but... Nevertheless, so that means ultimately you're dependent on the device maker for your uh, um, for your survival. But everybody's dependent on their customers. My my themes here, my thesis here, is baby boomers and arterial disease, which is increasing. So there's an underlying above GDP growth driver for the stent industry. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't know how these guys fit into that exactly. And then I'm going to assume number two that I have some proprietary content that through my own internal R&D efforts, I find ways to add value. And the fact that they've gone from virtually no revenue in 1999, $13.5 million. Last year, almost $100 million in revenue. Forecast this year to do 130 according to Value Line. Now, Value Line's looking for a decline next year. And the stock's been under tremendous amount of pressure on a relative basis, uh, of course, as well. And um, you have an opportunity to buy it here a bit distressed relative to its own historical valuation. And that's why you need to know more about the story than I do, because as we all, always caution you, you know, this is the entertaining part. 
I'm not finding this all that entertaining <laughs> and, at this point. And we may not know a lot about what we're talking about. So, um, Is that hold true in this uh, case, Vern? The company is taking a lot of costs out in response to this pressure on revenue. And uh, the thing that, um, that they recently, there, there was probably an overhang on the stock created by needing uh, the availability of credit because, as so many of our ideas in recent months have been, this one has no debt, a little bit of cash, but their liquidity looks fine. They recently uh, took advantage of the current credit environment to renegotiate their credit facility, so they clearly or apparently have access to credit, so that's not, that's not a concern. Uh, G&A costs down more than a quarter in the most recent quarter, so evidence that they're executing. I've got $350 million market cap. I have about $60 million of uh, EBITDA generated last year. Value Line says it's going to go down to 35 this year. So the multiple is somewhere between 6 and 10. Of course, I hope it's 6. I, I think given the underlying drivers, there's a good chance that in the next year or two at the current stock price, it is 6 times and will attract interest. So I think some interesting value here. Value Line's looking for double-digit growth in earnings. There have been recent sellers in the stock February after the stock collapsed. Also buyers then, though. Uh, it might be a little early here, I guess. It would be the thing that I think you have to uh, acknowledge, uh, given that earnings are expected to decline for the next year. But I think that's gonna, uh, probably going to be uh, temporary, ultimately. The thing I think is interesting is the value line write-up. The analyst says that he think the, thinks the uh, stock has good appreciation potential for the next three to five years. Their forecast is for 17 to 30 percent average annual return out to that time period, but they don't rank it well, and that comes back to the there's no momentum really in the stock here. So uh, do some homework, but uh, this is the most interesting thing that I saw in this week's issue, mm. SRDX. I passed on it, by the way, when I saw it. Well, and I'm sure that's happened? very important to a few of our fans. It was important to me. And uh, my second idea is a name that I've talked about before, uh, Total. I mean, T-O-T-A-L, total, if you, uh, if you will. Trades on the New York is T-O-T. Well, what, what is the correct it's pronunciation? An, I think Total. Total. Yeah, okay. it's a French company. It's oh. an ADR, um, and it's very cheap. I, I want, obviously, an initiative devoted to oil and gas. I was hoping to find something in oil and gas. And this is the thing I like the best. The yield currently is somewhere around 5% because they're going to pay out something around $3 on over $5 of earnings down from eight and a half. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Oil and gas prices, particularly oil prices, have been rising in recent weeks. This stock down to, where are we, at 57? Traded in high 80s, low 90s last couple of years. Um, you know, ultimately, oil prices will find their way back up again. I have an EBITDA uh, multiple here of only four times. So if I'm wrong by a factor of two, um, it's only eight times. Uh, they have some big high-cost pro- – even though they're going to spend $16 billion of capital this year, they put off some big high-cost projects. And my thesis here, besides oil and gas, is that it's a French company. So it's going. where is all the development going to be in the future in the developing world? That's why they call it the developing world, right? Whoa. But what? it's going to be places like Iraq France? and Iran and Kyrgyzstan where we just got kicked out and Uzbekistan um, – and these the are places, in these as places? The, uh, the Russians are reasserting, you know, um, you know, greater influence in their near geography. Uh, and the French are getting involved? 
Well, the French have the opportunity. You know, these places need Western technology, and the French can actually go in there. And they'll talk to anyone, right? I mean, who cares? They don't care. U.S. companies are actually, in some cases, by law, forbidden from doing business in these places. They'll talk to uh, Total is one of the largest uh, companies of its type in the world. They did uh, $236 billion of revenue last year. So um, I, I think they have, in a commodity business, they have a competitive advantage because they're French, believe it or not. So hmm. uh, with a lot of uh, yield, percentage of the world I get speaking on the French stock, I'll going take. down, just so you know. Oh, absolutely. So. Percentage of the world speaking Chinese, also going down. Percentage of the world speaking what? English, going up. Good. That's good for anyway. Us total T O T. Then my last we idea, um, as I continued to scratch for something to find, uh, I had no know, trouble it finding was funny. it. I didn't, Why are you saying bad things about your this names. week's issue? We I rarely overlap. Yeah, we don't uh, overlap much, too. Hmm. This one, the symbol is Val V A L. Well, of course, I had to go for it. Val. In my tradition of being Valspar, a, that's of actually that was one of the names my mom considered. In my tradition of overweighting. The humor value of this ticker symbol. Uh, I was naturally attracted to Valspar. Have you back tested that? The approach? Valspar Corporation. Actually, I have, <laughs> and it doesn't work at all. I'm. <laughs> but nevertheless, it makes an interesting talking mm. point. Here, uh, we've had recent sellers with a, no history, uh, because the stock is up. I mean, it bottomed at 15 bucks earlier this year, and is now trading in the low 20s. Uh, my thesis here in the stock. Although it's been relatively weak in the last couple of months, uh, has been outperforming, generally speaking, for the last year. Uh, my concept here is that uh, two out of two and a half businesses, in other words, their consumer paint business, 31% of sales, industrial coatings, 40% of sales. Uh, I say half a business because uh, coatings for food and beverage cans wouldn't be terribly cyclical. But two and two, two, two out of two and a half of these businesses are under tremendous amount of pressure, their their volume, their EBIT in the coated core coatings business down forty percent in the most recent quarter. So, um, I'm looking for a housing bottom. Is it bottoming now? I don't know. Probably not. But is it a lot closer to a bottom at six hundred thousand units a year than uh, two point one million? Yes, I think so. And uh, ultimately, we'll get that bottom. This is a company that's been over time able to generate a. Solid return on capital with some leverage, only 33% debt to cap now, takes uh, the ROE up into the low to mid-teens. They have an 80% interest in a Chinese company. I think there's some interesting potential implications for growth and for cost structure there. Even though Value Line doesn't like it a whole lot, I think they can probably outgrow their forecast. And with that, Vern, you're so out of time. I know, but... What are you going to do about it? No, I'm done. That's three ideas. I don't even... Was there a conclusion to that last one? Yeah, I like that one. Oh, you do? Yeah, I liked all three of them. Okay. You like all three? Yeah, I like Great. this one the least, okay? Okay. Listen, so, just, I, didn't, I wasn't catching that in your you comments. Know, but it's paint and a housing bottom, and I'm going to assume all that right. your Sherwin-Williams thesis has some of that involved, right? It could, but not so much. Not as much as you'd expect. But uh, anyway, So we haven't heard much break? out of you so far for the show. What are you yeah. talking? I'm just relaxing. It's been a, it's been a long time. Not a lot of... Just, I, I'm uh, sorry if I was I got a little... little Time lag. Had a little uh, motor mouth going well, on. Well, what have you? I mean, you know, people switch off, switch on. We, we were, we were in Disneyland this week, and so it was very hectic. And um, you know, my family. I just, I guess, I'm a fan, and I just wore them down. I guess. So, uh, 
everyone's recuperating today. And so I started a little early in terms of my own recuperation because I don't know if you've been to Disneyland, but they don't serve alcohol in Disneyland. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. Well, they don't put it on the signs or the tickets. So anyway, I uh, get a real I lot a of, bit of really an early start today just to make up really hot parents who you know been hurting around you know three, four, five children for most of a day I in didn't Disneyland. I pay attention and, to that and inject alcohol into that. It could get ugly. It was just uh, it was exciting, but tiring. So I'm just trying to make up for it today. Uh, this week, like all weeks, this is values and. Um, I've got three value ideas that I've actually this week I went through every name, although I think I might have missed a few Canadian companies. I mean, it's Canada, you know, so I uh, just stuck to, uh, you know, the real companies. And I was looking for needs, not wants, as I've been talking about. And I do think that as uh, my colleague. Lubrizol? Am I am I oh, inviting sorry. commentary no, at not. this point? No, no, go ahead. I'm just trying to make a point, and that is that I do think the worst is behind us. I've looked at all the past panics, and you should do this. Wikipedia it up. Panics. It goes back hundreds of years, and people get worried, and inevitably somebody's borrowing money to build something they think is going to be great, and then it turns out bad, and then they owe a bunch of money. I'm just summarizing, but we're, that's what's happened now. Things eventually get driven by population growth and technology that enhances productivity. And when you look at it on a worldwide basis, yeah, we had a little bit of an overbuilding uh, there. But we're getting back to business. And my first idea this week, Lubrizol, what do I like about them? Well, my first stat that I'll look at to even suggest whether a company is serious about being a competitor is return on capital. And they've got a long history of mostly double-digit returns on capital. Uh, they're around 12% now. They leverage it a little bit. And in this environment with, you know, less availability of credit, you want to pay some attention to interest coverage. On the other hand, you don't want to be so cautious as to avoid the return that comes from owning risk. And right now, fear that someone's going to go bankrupt is probably, you know, higher than the reality of how many people are going to go bankrupt. And in the case of people with debt, they've been very much over-penalized during this period. Lubrizol has a pretty decent balance sheet, although six times coverage could make some people concerned. It's um, it's a very stable earning stream going way back. They earn, earn mid-teens on an operating margin basis. Uh, they pay a full tax rate. And looking back, at least for the last seven years, they've, the share count's been stable. I'd like to see them using some cash flow to buy stock. But what I like about it is, is the stability. They've got a historical growth, growth rate that's, uh, you know, close to 10%, depending on what period you look at, 10% growing going forward. And it's a productivity tool. You pour this in your engine, and your engine runs better, and you save uh, the cost of maintenance and repair that goes with that, and I think uh, you may also get some improved mileage and things like that. So it's an ROI purchase, and during this period, uh, this is not one of those things you scrimp on because it's also a low per-unit cost. And so big per-unit costs, yeah, you defer, but this sort of thing, the stability is worth something during these times. And it's trading at a 31% discount to the S&P 500 PE multiple. That's my you know biggest 
element of attraction here. 2.7% yield, that's well covered. The Treasury's paying 3.8. You give up 1% in yield for growth. So if I'm going to look at some sort of yield plus growth basis, um, this thing comes out pretty well. On an enterprise value to EBITDA basis, which is the total price we pay for the company divided by the cash flow, it's four to five times. I don't have a calculator, as you know, so I'm just roughing it out. That's going to be uh, between 20 and 25% on a cash-on-cash basis. <clears throat> and I'm going to get growth that's roughly around GDP, let's say. Maybe I get a little more because they're gaining share. So I'm 20 to 25% plus growth of what? Let's say 5, 6, 7%. Value line says earnings are going to grow 10%. I don't buy that, frankly. But I don't need that kind of growth to make this an attractive idea. Lubrizol, brand plus productivity equals Lubrizol. That's my arithmetic equation. I know that's what I think Thank of you. when I think about brand. 471 is the page number, which I want to make sure people have. I'm not doing the page numbers. No, everyone knows that. Firm. Now, next you up. You can search on all of the other. Like Listen, I want to ticker I want, symbol. Okay. Rating. I want to apologize. I'm a little sleepy. Industry. I hope I'm not ruining the cadence of the show, but I've been up for a lot of hours. I'm jet-lagged, and I'm refreshed, so the combination. But my second idea this week, I think, is a put-away. So don't even worry about it. Sherwin-Williams, SHW. Now, I've been recommending this for years on the show. It's down over that period. Now, don't let that jade your interest in the name. Frankly, we're in a housing recession and I think that could be the part of the reason. The has been it's a long-term market performer. So. Well, how can you say that when the line goes from low to high over the long term that it's a market performer? Well, it's clearly a market. you bottom-ticked it during the last recession. Bottom-ticked it. You could have bought it any time between 1999 and 2007, and it's outperformed. I call that an outperformer. My colleague saying market performer. Gotten a lot of help just what recently. Anyway, please, you got to look, look at into the that. chart. Look into that. Uh, in any case, Sherwin Williams, what do I like about them? They've just shown themselves to be fabulous operators. They're obviously a paint store, 3,300 company operated stores, retail stores, and they put up a mid 20s percent return on capital. I mean, for a retailer, that's outstanding. It really is, and it speaks to their ability to serve the customer well. It also speaks to the value added of paint and wallpaper into a home uh, you know, project where you're enhancing the value of the home in terms of either what you might get for it, what, you know, how much enjoyment you get out of it, versus the price. And paint, with a big piece of labor involved, ends up being cheap compared to the enhanced value. And so paint and glass and lighting, these sorts of add-ons to home decor have always been high ROI uh, companies, and, and these guys are no exception. With a little bit of leverage... You know, a lot of them have gone out of business over time. Well, it's the ones that are around today that have proven uh, I re- you know, are you, able to... There were a lot of these companies around that you could have bought at any point, and to the extent they're gone, it was oftentimes, particularly if they had a brand that they were acquired at a good multiple... But this particular company, they have a little leverage, uh, 12 times covered, I think, versus debt-to-capital, uh, pre-tax interest coverage may be more important in terms of a metric as to the leverage of your company. But these guys are a 28% return on equity estimated for next year, 29% no eight In this recession, 25%. So they really know how to run a business. 
the valuation is a little higher than it is traditionally. They're at a 9% discount to the market multiple. According to Value Line, the average is more like 20 to 25%, but they give you a 2.6% yield. Long-term interest rates are lower than historically, so I do think that you can pay a higher benchmark multiple uh, based on lower rates. And, you know, they're undoubtedly gaining share when they can make this much money on their investment. When you see a lot of storefronts boarded up, they're, my guess is, picking up a lot of great locations during this period. Still mom and pops they can gain share from, and that's part of the wind at their back. Uh, during this period and the pent-up demand for new homes that's not being fulfilled because people can't sell their homes to move into a new home is often being replaced by upgrades and things like that so i think they're going to do well in this period um according to value line there's a lot of struggling going on right now in terms of the product and i'm just going to note and we've talked about this on past shows industrial production plunged in the fourth quarter. Nobody bought anything. Nobody went out of their homes. Nobody made a phone call. And when you start looking at the year-over-year comparison, that means, I mean, I'm, go look at the numbers, St. Louis Federal Reserve publications. If you miss a month of production, that's just down 8%. And when you start looking through the year-over-year numbers, people may have just done nothing for a quarter, and that's going to be down a lot, but we're going to get to the positive comparisons a year out. So I like Sherwin-Williams a lot. I own this one page 481. And then finally, this week, Alpha Natural Resources, page 511. Um, I don't own this. I own Patriot, but I'm looking at Alpha right now. It's a bigger cap. They are one of the largest coal companies uh, in America. They have 32 underground mines, 26 surface mines, 11 processing plants, etc. My theme on this is energy use is growing faster than GDP because we all use more electricity next year than we did this year. And uh, they're a low-cost uh, energy source for electricity. And we all want to be green. We all want to, you know, have energy created by fuels that don't cause any problems with the environment. But the problem is, um, you know, it costs a lot, and feeling good about what you've done for the environment doesn't pay the rent. So coal is going to maintain, and it has now about a 50% market share, it's going to contain, uh, retain its tremendous market share in the generation of electricity going forward, and we've looked at the numbers in the shop. Alpha is one, uh, one of the ways to play that. It's down a lot. The high was 120 last year during the psycho oil boom. It's a 28 now, and at that price, it's five times EBITDA. That's a 20% cash on cash in my book. They put up a 12% um, return on capital in 09 estimated, 14% last year. They're a little cyclical. They've just made an enormous acquisition using stock at a time when uh, energy prices are down, coal prices certainly are down, and people have a little bit of a negative outlook because of all these negative demand comparisons that are rolling through. Energy prices are way up. Not year over year, my friend, is what I'm looking at right now. But, yeah, the most the most recent comparisons last month to this month, two months ago to this month, they're up, no question. But they're off the peaks. And I guess the thesis it would here would be that coal is going to be in demand just simply because of its position as a low-cost source of electricity, you know, fuel to generate electricity, and you can buy it now at a bargain price. There's a lot of detail here about where they own mines. Their, their acquisition out in the Midwest and West is going to help their uh, logistics costs, et cetera. But the bottom line is they're making more money per ton than they've made in years. 
Uh, they've just acquired this large piece out uh, in the mid in the west that's going to improve their cost structure, and coal as a fuel source I think is going to be in the ascension. So my favorite idea this week I'll just say right now, Vern, last is best, Alpha uh, Natural Resources. Uh, and I'm going with uh, the stock I let off with, which is how's it? I don't know how it's pronounced. Sermotics, but the symbol is S R D X. And I guess we'll uh, Bye, see everyone. you next week, everyone.